This podcast is brought to you by CEW Plus at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor as we work to serve our community during this unprecedented time of change. Resiliency is best demonstrated in times of challenges. Join CEW Plus Director Tiffany Mara as she talks to students, staff, faculty, and community members connected to the University of Michigan's Center for the Education of Women Plus in our podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. Janice, thank you very much for joining me on this call today to share your experiences related to COVID-19. The purpose of this project is to capture stories of how COVID has impacted all of our lives, including challenges, moments of pride, and strategies for others to learn from. The main audience for this podcast will be students who have child or elder care responsibilities so that they can hear stories of others to assist as they navigate self-care and care of loved ones. Now, I'm particularly interested in interviewing you because you've been closely involved with staff who are also having a different experience as a result of working at the University of Michigan at this time. So I hope we can bring that into the interview. So just to begin, could you introduce yourself and then describe your old normal and how that has shifted as a result of COVID-19? My name is Janice Rubin. I'm the staff program manager at CW. I also coordinate the Women of Color Task Force Project. And the major differences from the old normal to the current normal is not going into the office. I've been home since March 16th, not seeing my colleagues, not seeing my friends on a regular basis, but also not being able to visit family. And so my daily routine is now moving from one room to my house to another instead of going outside and going to the office and not being able to engage in physical interaction, social interactions with others. So that's been a really huge difference in my life. One of the things as a a single person living alone, that's made it a little harder because I don't have a partner and my goal is not to descend and having regular conversations with my cat every day <laughs> <laughs> that they are, and, and expecting a response. So, you know, making sure that I stay connected with other people who I know are single. So scheduling red, regular either FaceTime or Google chats or phone calls with folks who are either colleagues or friends that I know are single. In between days where I'm working Monday through Friday, making sure that I build in those times for social interactions, even though they're not in person, but that are beneficial both to me, but hopefully to others who are single and living alone. So that's really been the challenge, you know, not being able to like walk around the corner in my office to talk to someone about a project, that's been really different. There's lots of interaction in our office where people can go and talk to each other. We have these open door policies. And so not being able to go and just talk to someone about a project and an idea and then kind of feed off of that, that has been really um, challenging and, and, and difficult because we work really well in our office and so together and we brainstorm really well in our office and we have a lot of fun in our office and not being able to do that and have those conversations and has been really challenging and then we got a new team member right as everyone left the office and so I've only been able to interact with her 
via Zoom and phone calls. And even though we really connected, you know, it'll be different to actually meet her in person. So that's been the big, the big shift is not being able to really engage with people on a regular basis for me. Mm-hmm. Now you're in an interesting position because I know you, in addition to the personal challenges that you're experiencing, that your concern about staff is also very great, especially women of color and members of the Women of Color Task Force. And when you think about your thoughts and concerns regarding you know, your personal space, you've talked a little bit about that, but about this larger group that you're trying to support, how have your concerns changed as a result of COVID? Some, some concerns have changed and some have been magnified with COVID. So prior to this, I think the biggest challenge and concern I had for women of color staff at the university was making sure that they have a sense of belonging, of community, that they were able to connect with one another during our women of color task force meetings, that they got support for career and professional development, whether it was financial support or just encouragement. What has magnified with COVID is that because of the budget cuts and reduction in hours and appointments, people are are beginning to be very anxious and panicky about their jobs. We know that people will be losing their positions or be will have their positions reduced. And so the challenge with that is to make sure that it does not disproportionately impact people of color, women of color, older women, people who are close to retirement at the university, that they are not the people who are targeted or are pressured to to reduce their appointments. Women of color sometimes um, don't get an opportunity to connect with one another. And for those when I talked to some of the women of color staff over at Michigan Medicine, you know, their, their response was, you know, we're already doing all that we can as healthcare professionals and administrators to support our communities. And now we're being told that some of us are going to be laid off. And so they're feeling like there's no reward for all the hard work that they've been doing to support people and to care for people And so trying to have conversations with them about what next steps might look like if they are risked or um, let go from the university have been difficult, but certainly needed. And then finding ways to connect them with women of color on campus, mentors, sponsors, who can help them think through next steps. But, and then also just directing them to resources. So I think that the challenge now is making sure that people, women of color, and, and all employees have the information they need around what major changes are that are taking place on campus, as well as knowing that there are support systems and groups on campus that can give them that emotional support that they definitely will need Um, and some of that social support whether it's on FaceTime during a Zoom happy hour social hour where they can share their stories and talk about strategies and teaching their kids or just caring for their elders and, and sick family members just giving them that support and directing them to the resources that they need so I think 
that has been the biggest change is that when you can't engage with someone physically, and so you have to figure out a way to make that connection via the internet, via Zoom, um, so that people know that you care about their well-being and that you're committed to being supportive to them. So I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, how do you make that connection online or by phone and communicate that you really want to be as supportive as you can? Yeah, now, WCTF has often, over time, served as kind of the space to understand the experience of women of color staff and the challenges that they're facing. There's been a lot of research recently regarding faculty and the experience that women in particular and women of color are having difficulty being able to focus on their research and grant writing as a result of additional childcare responsibilities that have been added onto their plate with school closures as well as lack of childcare options. Are you noticing a similar trend among staff? Yes, and I can even say that for myself, and I don't have children. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I have the distraction of one um, very active cat, but I can't. And so I can only imagine what it must be like for uh, staff who have one or multiple children and then maybe an administrative role as well as might be on the Michigan medicine side where there have been lots of changes this week in particular. So what I've noticed is that people have, they've had to bring some more structure to their world in order to get their work done. And I found that the, that to be the case for myself. I think the first three weeks of being at home was really challenging. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, you have to do this. You have to get this done. You have to provide structure in your day to be productive. But um, when I talked to some of the Women of Color Task Force, the challenge for many of them who are in student-facing roles is how do I engage with the students in a really meaningful, high-quality way when I won't get to see them? And there's possibility that we won't see, you know, we know we won't see students until as early as the fall. And so we've been brainstorming together ways to create high-quality connecting programs online, um, high-engagement programs online, and connecting each other with resources, the new apps that have come out like House Party and other social engagement apps. I'm sure people know that they these resources are available. So I think that has been actually, uh, you know, a fun part because we've really been able to share resources with each other. And, and that actually happens at almost all the meetings now that we have is that we have time built into the agenda where we say, okay, what have you learned new this week? You know, what's something that is that you've learned about that's been helpful with your job or with some strategy that you're using at home that you can share with the rest of us? And that that has given people lots of resources, but also a chance for folks, some folks who haven't even engaged with our group have uh, been willing to come and participate in the conversation. So I think that's been the way that we've addressed that challenge in terms of how people can be productive and the research and the work that staff have been doing, both faculty and staff have been doing, is to, one, provide some structure to the day, stay connected with 
their colleagues, share resources and strategies, but then also build in some time for social engagement as well during the, at the end of the day on a regular basis. Um, we've started, um, some of us have started doing Zoom yoga together. That has been really fun where I set up my laptop facing my computer and then a couple of us do yoga together. Uh-huh. We can't see each other. We decided that we're not going to look at each other, <laughs> but we, everybody can see the screen and you can hear each other breathing heavily, but that's what we've been doing. And, and just doing that together at the same time has uh, created a connection and and so those are the things that you know people have been doing both for work but also for exercise to encourage each other to go out for walks to to do yoga to read so that's what I know that other women of color across campus have been doing for and with each other is just staying connected mm-hmm. in different ways What would you say has been your greatest challenge as you've been transitioning? You mentioned schedule and those first three weeks were difficult, but, you know, through all of this, what have you found to be your greatest challenge? The social distancing piece really has been the hardest, I think, because when I alluded to it a little bit, being single is hard. By this time during the year, I've had several visits with my family in person, you know, traveling. I have a twin sister, so we usually will have seen each other at a couple of conferences by now. And I've had, I would have had visits to check on family. So I think the greatest challenge is just not being able to see the people that you care about, especially in a time where um, folks are being ill and, and, and losing loved ones. I think that has been really the greatest challenge is that you can't provide the emotional and in-person support that you normally would be able to do in times of need. And just not being able to do that for my own family, but seeing the impact of others not being able to do that for their own families has been very rough. And But out of it, I think, has been, I, because I've been reaching out to more people and, and possibly people I wouldn't necessarily talk to on a regular basis, I've made greater connections with folks So and, and worked um, more with folks in the task force because of it. There are people who have special IT skills that I've really been calling on to connect me to resources and and to tap people's brains on how we can stay engaged. So I think the greatest, I think it's the same for everybody, is that I, I think now we will not take personal, physical engagement for granted anymore because we've been unable to, to do it for almost two months now. So I think that's been the greatest thing is that it's just I haven't been able to, to see most of the people, maybe one or two I've seen in person, but not being able to see the people that I care about the most. Mm-hmm. If you were to name one positive thing that surfaced from the stay-at-home order from this uh, COVID period, what would that be? For me, it's been actually starting my spiritual journey, and I have created a Zoom worship service on Sundays 
for friends and family. And even though people go to their own churches, I wanted to do something that was non-denominational. Um, my family, I'm a PK. My family is very religious. I'm a preacher's kid, uh, which is PK. And my father was a minister and my mother was a missionary. And I come from a long line of ministers on both sides of my family. And just working on my spiritual growth has been a great opportunity. I've had more time to read, read the Bible, but also read other articles and books online. I love Audible. I didn't use it as much until now. And so every Sunday at one o'clock, we we have a worship service that uh, for our church that we've named Covenant Christianity, and that's after my um, old church in Washington, D.C., that my sister who just passed and my her husband and as well as uh, several other family friends created a long time ago. So we now have Covenant Christian Community Ann Arbor Zoom Church mm-hmm. that I, I plan the services, I get the speakers, uh, I invite people to take part in the services and and so for me, that's been really fantastic because it's, I've been able to read the Bible a lot more, and that has really helped me, I think, keep my calm during this process of transformation, because it is a transformational period for the world, whether we believe it or not. And that has been, I think, both my solace as well as my comfort is being both in the Word, but also being in the word with others. Yeah, it's pretty neat that you're able to carry That's, forward your family legacy of providing support through times of crisis through the pastor work. That's pretty neat that you're taking it to Zoom uh, to be able to keep it going while there's kind of a, a lack of physical contact available through church. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. And I think with the church service, it's been interesting because, most, of course, most of our ministers and the people who have presented the the message have been women and and that's been great to give opportunities not just to regular ministers but to other people who have not ever presented a message in their own churches and actually one of my friends the first message at the first church service she's like she's she's a preacher's kid as well and I'm like you know that you preach half the time when you talk to people or when you have your meetings, host your meetings, or when you present. And and so I asked her to give the message at the first service, and she, she said, she goes, this is the first time I've ever been asked to do this. Hmm. And, and she was fabulous. And, and also it's been great because we've had ministers from other associate ministers and other ministers who are are in seminary, we've we've given them opportunities to preach and spread the word from across the country. So we've already mm-hmm. had someone from Dallas. Mm-hmm. We had someone, a minister from Alexandria, wow. Virginia, speak at, give the word at the sermon. And my older sister, Luce, doing the word this Sunday. And, and so it's been great because some of these associate members don't ever, may not get a chance to preach <laughs> on at their regular services, and so we give them that opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, of all that you've navigated through this period, what are you most proud of personally? I've remained hopeful. 
in the midst of the crisis. I think that people have um, have not been able to to do that. And I know our frontline workers certainly have lots of lots of challenges that as someone who gets to work at home and not encounter that, I don't have to deal with that, and yet many of them have stayed hopeful and committed and dedicated. Um, um, I'm, I'm being also being grateful that I have this opportunity to work from home. So personally, I think just trying to stay positive, I think, and, and committed to supporting others and and creating a sense of community where I can. I think that's the, the biggest thing, whether it's at work, whether it's in, with my family, that's been my, I think, the, the greatest personal challenge that I have not let it defeat me. I found a really great quote from Maya Angelou that I found maybe like the second or third week we were home, and it's about, you know, things can transform me, but they won't reduce me. That's kind of paraphrasing it. And, and that, I wanted to make sure that did not happen, that, that this time was a a time for transformation. It was a time for growth. It's a time to help people stay connected and, and the way that you can help people stay hopeful and grateful. And even in the midst of crisis, even, even in the midst of death, is to know that people care about you and that people are concerned about you. And so I think that that is kind of taking, making it not about myself, that, oh, woe is me, we're stuck in this, but like, I'm grateful. I'm blessed and that I can use the resources that I have to help other people. I think that for me has been the, the greatest challenge that I didn't let it defeat me. Mm-hmm. All right. Now through this podcast, I've noticed a lot of people are binge watching stuff, you know, so the first <laughs> question, I'll give you both questions at once so you can think about it. But if you could name a TV show, movie, podcast, book, recipe, YouTube video, or other content you would recommend, what would that be? And then the last thing will be if you had words of inspiration or a quote that you'd like to share to end on. Okay. I binge watch so much TV that it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm getting my worth and value out of Prime Video. Let's just say that. My sister and I have discovered British detective shows that we've not ever watched before, both on Prime Video and Netflix. So I have really gotten into those British British detective shows that have strong female characters. So what I would recommend is a couple of British shows, if you like detective shows, like Happy Valley, which is on Netflix, No Offense, which is on Prime Video. I'm watching Vera. I think it's been on for 10 seasons, this detective show led by an older white woman named Vera. And I would always suggest the Star Wars movies, watching them in sequence. They're fabulous for a number of reasons. And, um, yes, that's what I've been doing a lot. A lot of TV, a lot of TV, late night TV. Um, I love British detective, I love mystery detective shows. So those are the ones I would suggest. Anything with strong female role characters. Mm -hmm. And then words of inspiration for others? This too shall pass. We find ourselves in challenging times, but we will not always be here. There are things that we can do to elevate 
our situations and, and support other people. And some of it is personal things that we do for ourselves, things that we do for others, things that we can do for society in terms of engaging in the activist voting rights, those kinds of things. And I think it's crucial period in our society and in our country, in the history of our country. And so I say that people, everyone needs to be engaged. We need to help others be engaged if they are disenfranchised and their voices are lost. But this is an opportunity for us to uplift each other, support each other, and make a difference, a transformational difference in other people's lives. And so if you do that, that makes the going a little easier. So that's what I have to share. Excellent. Janice, thank you so much for participating in this project. I greatly appreciate you making time. I know you got a lot on your plate right now. It's wonderful talking to you. Thank you for listening to CEW's podcast, Strength in the Midst of Change. To learn more about this episode or the services and virtual programming offered by CEW+, please visit cew.umich.edu. Here at CEW+, we navigate circumstantial barriers by providing academic, financial, and professional support to help you reach your personal potential. Established to support women through higher education, we lift up women and all underserved communities at the University of Michigan and beyond. Through career and education counseling, funding, workshops, events, and a diverse, welcoming community, we exist to empower. We are CEW+, and we are here to help you reach your potential. The University of Michigan resides on the traditional territories of the three fires peoples, the Ojibwa, Adawa, and Potawatomi.